0: Welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe, and please rate and review our show. I'm your host, Wim Lou. Joined in studio today by producer and co-host Alex Wong and Vivek Jacob, big V of raptors.com. Vivek, congratulations. Netherlands, gigantic 2-0 win over Senegal. Uh... Both goals coming late in the last ten minutes there. I know no, you're thrilled. Obviously, you got the, the kid on. How you doing, V?
1: Gotta represent. Big win. Mm. Um you knew it was gonna be a tight game. Obviously, Senegal's a really good team. Yep. So happy to get the W. Move on. Right. Right. Anyways, the Raptors um <laughs> beat Sorry, the, <laughs> Alex, you gotta be the host to today, man, yeah, because uh, yeah. the World Cup fever
0: has, has officially No, no, no these begun. two
2: these two soccer diehards literally had to drag them into the studio, but thankfully there's one true Hooper that's gonna, you know it down on this show will lou with vivek jacob is my favorite radio block because i get to sit back and manage things like i'm jürgen klopp <laughs> what what a drop <laughs> from the
0: uh, i i cannot believe it Producer yeah, bro, Derek stealing man. the show Shows a one minute. what a legend
2: yo is that bringing freestyles i don't even remember doing <laughs> wow Damn. anyways you know jürgen Klopp, that's that's pretty it's called good. the deep cuts yeah um i actually text v to tell him he gave me a bunch of names yeah oh okay right
0: right i I remember i think you put uh kelleher in that rap somehow yeah that's a goal that's a goaltender right yeah that that is a goaltender. sorry guys we're gonna try to
2: steer this in the right direction this week but the problem is there's a game at 2 p.m uh at the world cup every day yeah and this is a huge problem because everybody knows will is a
0: huge soccer fan i I mean you know it's it's not a problem i i I feel like um you know, we could focus on what happened over the weekend. Which, honestly, as I thought about it more and more, I started to get more annoyed. Like the night of oh. it, when it happened, I was, I was like, "Look, they they played hard. They got they missed all these guys. They they put themselves in a great position to win, and they just couldn't get the job done." And then as the as the days have gone on here, on Sunday, I kind of thought back on it. I was like, hmm, "How did they lose this game? They were they were up eight with two minutes left, yeah. and then you know they had a layup to win the game, and then they got a huge break where the Hawks missed two free throws. The Raptors go and make two free throws. All they got to do is defend." Because the Hawks don't have a timeout to advance the ball. And I just kept going back to that same play. And I was just like, what were the Raptors doing? First off, like, why are you... Yeah, what was happening there? First off, you know what it reminded me of in a weird, weird way? It reminded me of one of the last moments of Dwayne Casey's coaching tenure where the Raptors were supposed to defend LeBron, double-team LeBron on the inbound in game three. Oh, you're taking this to some serious heartbreak. OG, no, no. OG also tied the game right right before too. That's yeah. correct. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to mention that. See, that's a true hooper right there. He yeah. knows his history because he was probably there cuz I was
2: there and then I went to Jack's Casino after in Cleveland and lost a lot of money.
0: Yeah. Well, that's that's how so, my weekend went. Yeah. Um <laughs> shout out to Ennis uh, again, once again. Incredible play. But um yeah, I mean, you you just tied the game with through OG and mm-hmm. then you have to defend the inbound coming in and the the number well, first off, you know where the ball is going to. You know it's going to go to Trey Young. Maybe the inbound doesn't directly go to Trey, just like in this game where they inbounded it to Dejounte and then they gave it to Trey. But like, you know where the ball is going. You have a numerical advantage guarding an inbound because you have if you, if you choose not to guard the inbounder, you have five defenders versus four attackers. You sh- that prevents that like creates a great opportunity to double team somebody, mm. and it just felt like the Raptors completely blew that assignment. Uh, you know, even before the fact that you know, guys sort of rush into the front court. Like, you know, if they had said that that play properly, they probably wanted to double team Trey Young, so that he can't get the ball, or he can't even get you know ahead of steam with the ball. But instead, obviously, the Raptors come undone. So, yeah, the more I thought about it, I was just like, damn, this, what a, what an annoying game. The Raptors really should have won that one, and instead, you know, we have to you know focus on the the ending of that
1: one. Yeah, Not what
0: what did you see from that last play, Vivek? When you when you look back on it.
1: When i look back on it i saw the raptors kind of expecting a scrambled play and instead they got a set play the hawks knew what they wanted to run they had that double screen for trey to create some separation and the raptors didn't anticipate that right and i think you know scotty looked at trey and just assumed that oh there's no way he's not taking the shot and that's why he rushes out to him and frankly over the course of the game you saw multiple times where Griffin was leaking out, and the Raptors were able to scramble back to get to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And this time, he was there under the basket, ready to make the play. So, yeah, just really bad execution on that final play. But you know, to Will's point about that eight-minute, eight-point lead with two minutes remaining, that's kind of where you blew it, right? Because it was down to two in a matter of like thirty seconds. Yeah, because you gave up a corner three, then you gave up a three-two. Uh, Trey Young as well, guarding that screening action. Um, And so just like that, to have that evaporate so quickly, I think that really hurt. And then I think even when I watched that game back, the third quarter, the way the Raptors came out, Mm. their transition defense was terrible, right? You look at the momentum that they built in that second quarter uh, and the way they closed it out. If they would have come out stronger in that third quarter, they really could have taken control of the game. And it was that was one of the frustrating points for me, the fact that they never really stretched out the lead to where you had a bit more comfort. In some ways, it kind of reminded me of that road game in Brooklyn where the Raptors, you know, would build like an 8-point, 10-point cushion, and then before you know it, the Nets are right back in it. And this was very similar in that sense. Um, obviously, different circumstances with the Raptors being so shorthanded, but... Uh, I think when you look back on why this team lost that game, it comes down to a lot more than just that final play,
2: yeah, I think the Nets game is a good example because I feel like that was the most extreme it just felt like in that game the both teams were just exchanging like 100 runs like twelve oh yeah. runs mm-hmm. but I think that's basketball today too, you know not to be the the old head but like <laughs> these eight point leads really don't matter,
1: yeah anymore that's that's why like for real though that's yeah. why you that's why yeah. you can't. Consider that a situation yeah. to you know and, let up. Or yeah, a whatever couple it defensive
2: is. lapses, and like you said, it's a two point game. Yeah, I mean overall, I thought the Raptors. You know, despite those lapses, I mean it was a pretty decent game from them considering the circumstances as yeah, well. Of course, no question. And and you know f- you know it's it being you know November early in the season, like it was a highly entertaining game.
0: Um, you're trying to give me the, the Matt Devlin uh, special here.
2: I just I you're just try, want...
0: you're trying to let me know that uh, it's a long season. and yes. we shouldn't be too upset about. One I just or two wa- games. I just want the Raptors games to be to be
2: entertaining. I mean and it was entertaining. It was super entertaining. Yeah. yeah there's no um, doubt about that. But But yes, they ended up losing and a little wrinkle to obviously AJ Griffin scoring that game winner and having that game uh you know, right in front of the Raptors bench mm. uh with, with Adrian there watching. What what do you V, what do you think is going through Adrian Griffin's head as all of that is unfolding? Well
0: why is Scotty Barnes He's- in the front court? <laughs>
2: Sorry, also sorry, be-
0: sorry. I mean, that's what no, I, that's listen, what every coach should listen, be thinking
2: about. Oh my God!
0: Listen, I'm sorry. That's what every Maybe coach we should be thinking talk on that about. Play. You having kids?
2: Um, <laughs> you know, uh, probably not a good idea. Actually. You're employed. You know, he's employed by the Raptors, but at the same time, this is his son's like first, like you know, shining moment in in the NBA, mm-hmm. and he was able to watch it unfold. It, it must be tough to balance. I mean, he's basically the Alonzo
1: morning gift. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, speak to me in memes, please. (laughs) That's literally what's what's happening in that moment. He's just taking an L. (laughs) Celebrating. He's just taking an L, but his sons just had a game winner. Yeah, that's a huge. That's the biggest moment of his NBA career Mm -hmm. so far. So you know, later he might look at that positive. But I'm sure in that moment, when you're competing, it's tough to take an L like that.
2: Yeah. Well, the Raptors fall to nine and eight, and they don't play until Wednesday against utah watanabe and the brooklyn nets you know one of the bright spots in that hawks game scotty barnes 28 points Mm -hmm. 11 rebounds nine assists took 29 shots 11 of 29 you know like you guys mentioned he had a chance to win the game at at the end of regulation but will this this was like the aggressive scotty that i think we've been asking for especially with a shorthanded team
0: yeah yeah no you have to give it up to scotty because um you know, coming back from that ankle thing, I mean, it seems to be a persistent issue now. Where he's 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 rolling it on somewhat innocent plays. Like I thought the the interaction where he's just trying to go for a rebound with Trey Young under the basket, and he just got his feet kind of tangled. Like you know, that seems to have really set him out. But then, of course, he was able to come back into that game and. Yeah, I mean, I just thought he did everything. Like, the, you could kind of name whatever highlight you want from a basketball game, and he kind of did it, right? Like, he had that poster dunk. Um, he had that great wraparound pass where he wrapped it around the defender to Thad Young in the basket for for a layup. I thought that's probably one of the most creative passes that we've seen from him. That's like that's like a pass that you would see Steve Nash do. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, that's the kind of, like, innovation you see, but obviously from a much bigger player. Um, and yeah, I mean, the the highlight blocks at the basket, um, driving to the rim, you know, knocking down four threes, Scotty had half of the Raptors threes made in that game. And you wouldn't say that Scotty is like a knockdown shooter, but he was confident. And I, I especially liked his aggression even down the stretch. Okay. So obviously it's not great to shoot one of eight in the fourth quarter. The fact that Scotty took eight shots also dished out an assist. Like, you know, he's, he's taking charge of that game. Like that game you could tell that Scotty was saying to himself, this, what, no matter what happens, it's going to come down to, to me. And, of course, obviously, ironically, it does come down to that layup, you know, in regulation. But the point is that, like, he took control of the team, and that's what we kind of wanted to see, right? We have wanted to see in this period with Pascal, somebody to step up. We saw Fred step up at times at the start of it. Remember those games against Chicago? And even the Houston game, you know, I thought Fred was outstanding in those performances. He got you two wins there. Then OG steps up at certain times. He gets you a couple of wins, right? You saw the, the Heat game, for example. That was OG really carrying the team. Um, you know, that Detroit game was sort of a little bit of everything. Thad Youngson stepping up. But the one guy you want to see do it the most is Scotty because he has that kind of potential. And yeah, I mean, he, I just thought he was dominant. And I think when you're watching this game and thinking ahead to future Atlanta Hawks matchups, I don't know who the Hawks have to guard Scotty OG, or Pascal. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just thinking about when Pascal comes back, how much easier the game will be for all of these guys, but in particular for Scotty. But yeah, I thought in that game, he looked Pascal-esque to me, which right now as a Raptor supporter, like that's that's probably one of the greatest
1: compliments you can give anybody on the squad. Yeah, the assertiveness is what I love the most. Like even after he had that play where he dunked the ball, he came back down the floor, wanted to go at it again. Uh, and I think, recognizing those moments where it's like, hey, I've got it going. I'm confident that I can sort of carry the team for a little bit with my own offense is what you want to see. And I think that is how you get to that level where you're drawing double teams. You're creating all these mismatch problems. And the sooner he starts to understand that, I think it will get him closer to where the franchise wants him to be, right? And I think on the whole... You mentioned the threes with him. It, it it just so happens that this is a night where OG Ananobi shoots 0 for 6 from 3. Fred Van Vliet is 1 for 11. That's a combined 1 for 17. You don't expect that, right? And it, it's, it's tough to see that. Um, but the fact that Scottie was able to still carry this team, give it w- what it needed in different aspects of the game, whether it was controlling the game from the post, taking that mid-range from time to time, knocking down some threes, that whole package, and then you know probably defending as well as anyone right, right, against Trey Young, right, and yeah. I think that was a huge factor as well, and you know it's so funny how basketball works, sports works, where you think about the end of the first quarter, he has that amazing finish where uh, he knocks down the spinning three, then he pretty much deters Trey young enough to make that shot late that might have counted. End of the second quarter, he gets that goaltending call right at the buzzer to get the bucket. End of the third quarter, he gets to the line where he's battling on the offensive glass. And then it just so happens the one at the end of the fourth doesn't go for it.
2: Yeah, I'm waiting for Scottie to have his first game-winner moment because I remember last year, too, there was a game against Cleveland. I think he had a chance to to get a game-winner and came up short, too, right? That that was also like at the basket, Mm -hmm. if I remember as a true hooper that I am. Um, You know, V, like we talked a lot last week on this show, just going through like reviewing Scotty's season so far. And obviously I'm sure you've heard like all the chatter around like some of his like ups and downs, like, like what what do you make of his season so far? Do you think a lot of us are just kind of overreacting and we should just let him develop?
1: I don't know if we're overreacting. I think the stretches where we've seen him look a bit lackadaisical, not have the level of engagement that he should. I think those are things that are important to recognize and call out. And that's part of the process of challenging him to be great. Right. Uh, And so it wasn't as if like part of why I even commented on it was because that stretch, that lull that he had, it wasn't like that was the first time I was seeing that. Right. Like I can think back to the game against Dallas last season where there was twice where he didn't contest Luca after, Luka stepped back, and one was specifically late in the fourth quarter, and Nick Nurse called a timeout, and you could see that he was furious. There was a game where um, Nick Nurse took him out of the game after like the first three, four minutes. Yep, yep. Because he didn't see the compete level that he wanted to see from Sky. Yeah, there was a game when I think he threw just like a nonchalant pass against the Celtics inbound. Oh,
0: it wasn't nonchalant. Uh, he threw a, a no-look, no-look inbound, look inbound oh, my pass. God.
1: And While so, jumping
0: out of bounds, yeah. it was it was it was strange. And then Utah came in. Uh, I think 90 seconds in the match.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so I think, you know, in terms of challenging Scotty, like if he has a night where he goes 11 of 29, I'm not going to be mad that he's no, missing shots. Mm-hmm. Or you know, like the only thing that we're kind of challenging him on is effort and intensity, right? Mm-hmm. And I think those are things that you absolutely should be holding players accountable to. Yeah. And to be clear,
0: Scotty played amazing in that game. The Raptors aren't, aren't even in a position to challenge oh, yeah. that
1: game yeah. if
0: he didn't do everything that he did in that, in that contest. And I thought that, yeah, I mean, you just, if, if people are going to criticize him for the games that he only takes, like eight shots, for example, like this is another, this is a game where you have to be really encouraged by, not necessarily him shooting 29 times all the time, but it's, again, just the ownership of that team. Because I think when we're looking down the line, maybe not right now, because I think it's very clear it's Pascal's team. Um, and to be honest, other players on the on the squad also have, you know, been here longer. They have more claim to it um, just in terms of that hierarchy. But at some point, this will be the Toronto, the Toronto Raptors will belong to Scotty Barnes, full stop, right? And that's when you need to see these kind of performances almost on a regular basis. And you know he can do it because you're already seeing it now. Like, we saw moments of this as a rookie. We saw it now uh, over the weekend. And, yeah, I mean, like, you're going to need him – to To sort of take ownership of the situation, and to be honest, I I liked seeing that. Again, I'm not even bothered by the fact that he didn't shoot well or he missed that layup. To be honest, it's more just like, um, you know, he took the reins. And each time I watch Scotty, I'm I'm watching for like what's going to come in the future, in, in addition to sort of what's going to affect that specific outcome. And I thought that game was a good one for the future, not so good for the immediate outcome. But again, like you can live with it. It's it's a loss in November. At the end of the day, oh. Okay. No, I wasn't even mad. Listen to the React pod. I was not mad about this game. All right. Although, know, the more we you. talk about A it... A couple I'm of days like, later. The more we talk about it, I'm like, It's yeah. also because he went on till losing at Poker. <laughs> no, I think that's really what happened, actually. <laughs>
2: Sent you on tilt, man. Shouts to NS. He offered to call in today, actually.
0: I, I, told, I told him to call in. Uh, <laughs> just like how he called my bet of
2: 24 oh, with oh five my god. Seven. Settle
0: this off um, air.
2: Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I think... Listen, man. This is just what comes with expectations, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. especially for a player of, of Scottie's
0: caliber. Well, what would you think of Jack saying that? Because you know they do the the post game show mm. um, at at the restaurant where they're eating. Okay. Um, sorry, I, I can't remember the specific title, but yeah, I, I do okay. watch the, it. The regular, World Cup's regular. on. He's going to be a I little shakier to tonight. Raptors tonight. There we yeah. go. Okay. Um, yeah. and, and Jack brought up the point that it's like people got to get off Scotty, He's a young kid. Mm. This is this is too much pressure to put on uh, a kid like that. Do you guys agree with that? Mm.
2: I mean, I think it's hard for us to talk about, too, because, like, we're in it, too. Like, we're literally, sure, yeah, yeah. we literally of course, of do course. a daily Raptor show. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I always make the joke that, like, because we, we are doing daily, like, we have to fill the airtime. And, like, talking about Scotty is, is certainly one of the go-to topics that I think Raptors fans want to hear about. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but, but to actually answer your question, you know, I, I, think, I, think the criti- I think criticism is fair. I think analyzing these players game to game, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I only have a problem whenever things kind of cross over into more like personal, right? Like we've seen that with Pascal in the past and things like that. But like to put the spotlight on Scotty, I mean, that's just, I think that's just part of what comes with the territory when you have this skill set and you're expected to be, you know, eventually
1: the franchise player of the team. So I think for me, if you're criticizing him saying, oh, he should be averaging like 25-8-8 25-8-8 eight and eight with mm-hmm. Pascal out, that's unfair, mm-hmm. right? That is too much to put on a player. But say, for example, you know, we all watched that OKC game and you, you saw he, he didn't bring it in the first half and people are wondering, oh, is it the ankle? And then he completely looks like a different player in the second half mm-hmm. when it was already too late at that point. And so that's, I think that is fair to question, right? I think that inconsistency in the aggression, the intent that you see, mm-hmm. I think... That is fair, right? Like, that's a process thing, right? Mm-hmm. We're not going to worry as much about the results if, you know, if it's an 8-for-10 night or an 8-for-20 night, right? And I think it's about seeing that consistency in his approach, which I think is fair to criticize if it's absent over extended stretches.
2: Yeah, and I don't think i don't think a lot of us are expecting him to to make this leap where like you mentioned he's just suddenly the superstar player even within this year right and that's why it's going to lend itself to just a lot of conversation because it's just it's just a path to get there and there's going to be a lot of ups and downs yeah Yeah. and i think like the consistency is is a really good point too because like i know we're going to talk about fred now and it's like you know we we always joke on the show that we don't talk about fred a lot because like we we know what we expect to get from fred like every night right yeah like it's not as interesting to, to just say, hey, you know, once again, you know, Fred Fred was, you know, the anchor of the team and Fred came through right. in the fourth quarter because you just repeatedly do that. You come to just expect it, right? Yeah. But I know Fred struggled uh, on Saturday. Like you mentioned, he was 1 of 11 from 3, 4
1: of 18. But that's also overall. part of the point, right? Like, mm-hmm. he struggles shooting, but yes, in terms of his approach to the game, yes. we know that is consistent. We know that is the
2: same. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think... I mean,
1: I've always just boiled it down to, like, you know,
2: when the Raptors have Fred in the lineup, like, they can be, like, a really good team even if they're shorthanded. And if they don't, then they're just a lottery team. Like, I really think he's that important. But anyways, Will, you have some notes in here about, about Fred's struggles. Yeah, you know, it's just been interesting because it, it's if you it's could a, take
0: your eye off, uh, you know, USA versus Wales, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a yeah. big matchup. What can I say? Um, again, move the show to 1 p.m., please. Goodness. Uh, there's a break, uh, but anyway, like it's, to me with Fred, it's just it's been a strange thing because uh, at the start of the season, it was so much about taking a step back, right? Like mm-hmm. allowing other guys to sort of take over the offense, and, and you saw it like the, the two of the first three games he shoots only nine times in a game. By the way, he played 39 minutes and 39 minutes in both those games. He only shot nine times. We've seen games where Fred shoots nine times in a quarter, and they're all threes. You know what I mean? Like, So there was a noticeable step back in terms of the aggression, in terms of how to balance out the team. And then, of course, you know, he has that back injury, um, that Philadelphia game 0 of 11. It, it's just strange because he's come into the game sometimes and really dominated. Right? I thought when he came back from the back injury with Pascal he uh, had 30 against Chicago, 27 against Chicago, 32 against Houston. Like you know, that was a great stretch. But to me, it's 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 been strange watching Steady Freddie not necessarily piece together entire weeks where he's consistent. Right? He's he's either really on or really off this year. And I thought that game against Atlanta, he was really off to the point where they didn't even look for him offensively in the fourth quarter and in overtime. He was just kind of like an accessory piece to the rest of the offense, where OG got every single play coming out of the timeout, and Scotty had the ball each time down when do you ever see that even with pascal in the lineup fred has at least somewhat involved in terms of the screening in terms of the shooting um you know even we, we've seen games where and i mean the pascal it.
1: fred pick and roll is what we've seen over and over in crunch time right? yeah
0: and we've even seen recently like the raptors running that same play but with scotty in pascal's place or even og in pascal's place not to the same extent because i think they really need a lot more reps with it but um you i'm just not used to or being accustomed to seeing fred like really take a step back at certain times and so i don't know It's what do you make of that be like the fact that he hasn't really pieced together like consistent
1: performances week in and week out so i'm looking at the fred who's come back post injury a little bit differently than i did the one who was playing before that i think okay okay i think the guy who was playing before that was definitely just trying to fit in seeing where he could fill in with some offense but mainly looked to be like a catch and shoot guy uh and and play off what pascal scotty were doing and i think since he's come back since he said he's watched some film he's like hey i gotta maintain that aggression right Mm -hmm. so i look at the atlanta game more as just like an off night like even credit to him for recognizing on that final play of regulation that hey okay i'm gonna try and draw some attention he did the right thing yeah exactly he beat Dejounte murray off the dribble that's that's hard to do man (laughs) murray's a lot quicker and a lot bigger than him Exactly, and then when the moment comes, he makes the pass. Mm -hmm. So, I I think I really like the way that Fred has played since he's come back from the injury. Um, This was an off night, but as you mentioned, those 30-plus point games, he's been really, really good. And, you know, if there's a way to maintain this aggression when Pascal is back as well, I I think that'll be great for the team.
2: Yeah, I'm not that concerned with Fred. I think I agree with V in that after he came back and with Pascal out, like the circumstances just changed for him right
1: sure. like i'm looking yeah, at his, i'm
2: looking yeah. at his numbers now like he's he's averaging almost 20 shots a game in, in november yeah. and you know compared to even last year when he was making obviously that all-star push and the ball was in his hands more like he shot like 17 times a game mm-hmm. and you know he's he's still around his like averages you know 37% from 3 around 40% from the field which is around his his like career numbers yeah i just i just think you know, it's hard for Fred, too, because he has to play so many roles on, like, any given night. And sometimes you're, like, yeah. weighing against, like, whether Scotty's having an aggressive night, whether OG's going, whether any of the other secondary guys are right. going. And so it's kind of like a like a push and pull
0: for him, too. So He does have to adapt to the rest of the yeah. team and, as and, much as possible, and, and, which I guess is what you want to see from your leaders, yeah. right? Like, if guys don't have it, it's your job to step up. And if guys do have it, obviously you just lay it off and have it easier night. But uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, for him, it's also like physically, are you a little bit concerned? Because he was not moving well. Like you mentioned the start of the third quarter where the Raptors were working on it came off to a slow start. I thought a lot of that was Trey turning the corner on Fred and, and DeJounte Murray turning the corner on Fred. And to me, it's just like defense is one of those non-negotiables, especially with a guy who can be defensively excellent like Fred mm-hmm. Van Blee.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think we've seen him have problems with speedy guards, right? And I think okay. this is a situation where maybe you look, up the, look at the matchups a bit. Um, If it is something that he's battling through physically a little bit, um, he's probably not going to reveal it right now when this team is so depleted. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, But yeah, I think on the whole, since the injury, he has played really well. Uh, I really look at the Atlanta game as an off night. He just struggled. Mm -hmm. Um, And I expect to see a much better shooting performance on Wednesday. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Malachi Flynn, too. True Hooper.
2: Hooper. Malachi Flynn, seventeen yeah. we, points, five rebounds. We results. talked
1: about the third quarter quite a bit. The star of that third quarter was Thad Young.
2: Oh, he yeah. was. I mean, Thad amazing. Young. Thad Young's falling into that Fred group where I think, like, you, you know what, you know what, you're getting from him. Yeah, every night. Mm-hmm. To be yep. honest, at this point, OG too. Like, yeah. like I think OG's gotten up there now. Mm-hmm. Where you know on offense, I mean, he's he's definitely turned it up of late, and obviously what he's bringing on the defensive end. Like, there's a lot of consistent pieces here. That's why, like, you know, I just want to see Pascal back. I want to see this team healthy. Like, I'm looking at the Eastern Conference standings and I'm like, yeah, like the Raptors can clearly compete for a top four seed. Yeah. In my opinion.
1: And yeah. yeah. right let's not now. forget, last season, the Raptors started 14 and 17. Yeah. They were 25 and 25, I think, after like 50. Yeah. Yeah. And they finished 48 and 34. Mm-hmm. They just, right. need, so to be, they just still- need to be healthy. It's still very early. They're missing so many guys right now. Well, yeah. I mean I forgot Gary that game was off the team. Gary was off the team.
0: Precious uh, is out. Precious right? is out. Chris Boucher is out. By the way, good news. Gary and, and, and uh, Chris Boucher will be back in the lineup the next game against um, the... The Brooklyn Utahs. Oh, the uh, Utah Watanabe Bowl. Yes. The Utah be. Oh, wow. oh Come on, sorry, man. sorry, there, sorry, not for, sorry. Not for me.
2: Yeah. Um, Happy Monday.
0: Yeah. No, but seriously, with that young, like, so f- Fred said at practice today that quote, um, he's our MVP right now, which I feel like it kind of cuts both ways, you know, like that it's good and bad. It's it's a double edged sword <laughs> a little bit, but yeah. you can't you can't take anything away from that. Obviously, he's giving you great production, great minutes, mm-hmm. um, and I think the other thing too is just watching. OG of late, it's really starting to stand out how much he's improving offensively. Like, the last two games for OG Anobi, he's got 59 points. He's only made one three. Like, three-pointers are, like, yeah. half of OG's career points, almost. Yeah. So, for the fact that he's able to now do it, even without the three, even with defenses keying in on him, like, it's one thing when Pascal's the main guy, and so who's guarding Pascal and, and the Hawks? Probably, like, Hunter, right? Maybe Collins, right? Those One of those two guys. Their, mm-hmm. their best perimeter defenders are putting on him. You know, against... Uh, the Heat, it'll be like Jimmy Butler guarding him. Or I guess usually they put Bam on him. But still, like one of those two guys. OG's now getting the tougher defensive assignments, and he's still delivering. He's finishing more drives. He's he's finishing more in the paint. And and V, I, I'm curious your thoughts. Like Is OG making a bit of a leap here offensively?
1: Yes, for sure. I okay. think he's recognizing that he can pretty much get into the paint whenever he wants. And that is not something <laughs> that the Raptors have in abundance. Right? Yeah. So it's so valuable to this team. I think, uh, you know, those drives where he's able to go in and finish with the left is such a huge development for him. I mean, we're seeing that game after game where he's just doing it consistently. I mean, he had uh, a move against Atlanta where it looked like he got stuck for a second, and then he went and finished with an up and under. Mm, Yeah. And so I think that increased comfort uh, around the basket. Nick Nurse has talked about, uh, you know, how he's kind of given OG the message that, hey, you're great leaping off of two feet. So, you know, there's times where it doesn't need to be so awkward or off balance, right? Mm-hmm. Just settle yourself, know that you have the strength to be patient and then just jump off your two feet and you'll finish no problem. And, you know, I think a lot of this is also just getting reps, gathering the information, watching film and understanding what to do better. Even something as small as, you know, getting th- called for three travels in a game yeah. and recognizing, okay even though i might not think that i'm traveling here Mm -hmm. i gotta make it clear as day that i'm setting my pivot foot right so that the ref has no doubt in their mind and then go ahead with my move
2: yeah yeah i think it'll be really interesting too talking about like when pascal comes back and the team is healthy because like not all these guys like og fred and pascal are gonna like score 30 a night or get these shots and of course i'm not even including scotty in here too right like throwing scotty as well with the 29 shots I think it'll be so interesting to see, like, how they're able to just play off each other and what role they end up, like, settling into. You
0: know yeah. what I mean? Because OG's not going to
2: get the 24 shots.
0: But I don't think he necessarily needs to. I think the the goal when everyone's healthy is for everyone to be more efficient. Mm-hmm. And the goal when people are out is to yeah. maximize their total production, right? So yeah. I'm not as worried about the percentages for the main guy when someone else who's not usually the main guy has to step up in that mm-hmm. front. I'm worried about sort of how many, you know, chances they can create. And I think, yeah, that's that's what's happening with OG. Um, I think the nice thing is the idea of, like, you take this improved version of OG, which all he needs to do when Pascal's healthy again is obviously knock down those catch-and-shoot threes, which we know he can do, um, but also finish more of his drives, right? Those moments where he's attacking off the closeouts, he's got to be more efficient on that front. If he does that and also does the defense, which, again, we know is always going to be there for him, that's someone who's going to be flirting with 20 points a game who's, who's honestly... It, depending on how well the Raptors are doing, he might have the second best all-star case on the Raptors behind Pascal, just based on sort of what I'm seeing so far, especially with Fred sort of being up and down and, and Scotty sort of being up and down. Um, but then, of course, you know that Scott, Fred has that extra gear where he can play at an all-star level for you. Um, obviously, he's comfortable playing off the ball. He's going to take care of the ball, distribute, you know, make plays. And then, yeah, and then Scotty, like, he knows how to play around other guys. I think that's where his efficiency, the floor of it is always usually so high because he's able to play off of other guys. If he can take that and also, you know, run a backup point for the Raptors. And then, of course, Pascal comes back and he's, like, fully healthy and back to what he was doing, which was nightly triple doubles. Like, you look at that top four in and, and, and the Eastern Conference. Like, you you think a lot about top fours in the Eastern Conference, right? Because mm. Cleveland's got a top four. You know, Milwaukee's got a kind of a top three, I would argue. Um, but, obviously, their three is probably better than anyone else's three just based off of Giannis, right? I would say, honestly, even Philly has a bit of a top four. Yeah. Right. Um, They're all hurt right now. But yeah, they actually all are hurt right now. I guess is Tobias hurt? Oh, okay, yeah. Tobias, I, I didn't the know way, Tobias it's, it's was the making
2: one, this conversation. But yeah, <laughs> hey, man, did
0: you not watch last year's playoffs? Tobias hurt us as much as anybody. I
2: was watching your reactions in uh, the radio booth. Yeah, that was tough. As you punched the walls.
0: I had to not do Scotiabank that. Arena. That was uh, for a regular season. <laughs> Everything on somehow. the show is fictional. Yeah. Everything is purely imaginative. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you look at the big fours, and and to me, the Raptors have a really, really competitive one when you stack it up yeah, with the rest I, of Yeah, I
2: just think my thing about, like, especially this season, and maybe they don't get there this season, is, like, we always talk about the hypothetical about those four guys. And, you know, I guess they're trying to get there, but we haven't seen them mesh in a way where you feel like everybody knows their exact role and everybody's kind of realizing that full potential kind of, you know, as, as the four players together. Sure. Like we've seen them perform really well individually mm-hmm. yeah. in like different games and different scenarios. And I guess this is ultimately the vision of the team too, right? Like how are these guys going to able to actually find their way together? We haven't seen that.
0: That's the coach's job, though.
2: I think. Yeah, yeah, but like, I I think ultimately, like, that's gonna tell us how far like this core can go. And again, it's I don't think it's just
0: a this year conversation. Obviously. Yeah. So. And we haven't even gotten to Wancho. Oh, real quick (laughs) before we go to break, like uh, your thoughts on Wancho? I thought he's been pretty good in the spot minutes.
1: He has. I, I think defensively, you know, I think people generally see criticisms with you know getting stuck in pick and roll action, but I think the the way he operates as a team defender off ball. Um, the way he's able to scramble out to contest threes. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that's been really valuable. I think um, he had some good uh, opportunities where he was matched up with Trey Young in the post and tried to take advantage. Um, shout, out to, shout out to the Hawks. Uh, Trey <laughs> Young is, is such a poor defender that they need to bring a double team with on Juancho Hernan Gomez.
0: <laughs> that's wild to me. No disrespect to Juancho. He's just not a guy who I think has ever been double teamed. <laughs> no, they put Trey the
1: Young in the Bo Cruz
0: challenge. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and he was failing.
1: oh man so i think recognizing Uh, those opportunities for him uh and you know knocking down the three ball is obviously huge uh the starting five right now um you mentioned that you know boucher and trent are going to be back (laughs) uh, but that five man unit was pretty effective uh outside of you know contending with capella size
0: yeah
2: yeah, and Cap- and is looking like Shaq,
0: man. <laughs> wow, how tough. tough when Trey Young's breaking down the the, the point of attack oh, repeatedly man. and getting into the lane. Man, when he well, broke it's, down it's,
2: Coloco it's, there at the end.
0: Yeah, it was mm-hmm. tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's 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 a little strange to me that the Hawks are using Trey in this way. Because he feels like the, his three-point shooting is not leveraged as much. Like, he might have dr- drove the ball like 30 times in that game. Like, they're, they're playing him like they're giving him the John Wall playbook almost yeah. in a way. It's, a, it's strange because I don't think his talents necessarily go that way. But then again, Trey's so effective. At doing whatever he wants, you know, and that's why, um, you know. He, but I also he think that's talent. what he wants.
1: Maybe. Like, I think he wants the ball in his hands. I don't know if, you know, that's fair. he wants to be running, you know, all the way sprinting across to another corner like Steph.
2: Yeah, that's fair. All right, that's the end of the Hawk show, man. All right, we're going to take a break. When we <laughs> come right. back, we're going to talk about Utah autographing people's foreheads, Alex's World Cup predictions, and uh,
0: Giannis Laddergate in go. Philly. We're going to take a break. I'm your host, Will Lou. You're listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Have you checked out BetRivers yet? Download the BetRivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about BetRivers Sportsbook award-winning customer service. It's a whole new game with BetRiver's online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19+. Available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge.
2: Smart takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Welcome back to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wim Lou. Continue to be joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong and Vivek Jacob at raptors.com. During the break, uh, Timothy Weah puts USA up 1-0 in the first half against Wales, uh, which teases us nicely for what Alex has planned for us in the second half here. I told you, no live updates, man. People are going to
2: grab this episode on the podcast and be like, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Will. Fair. For the update. That's fair. That's fair. That's my feedback for you. That's my annual review. Anyways, Utah Watanabe, I believe this was some kind of charity event. I don't really tap in and get the full details, but he was oh. hooping with some civilians over the weekend for fun, mm. and a, a lot of fans were were there in Brooklyn. And he was nice enough to autograph a bunch of people's uh, foreheads.
0: I think I saw a at bunch least of people. I think foreheads. I saw
2: at least two of those videos. Wow. Wow. So this,
0: this is the new like exactly. Clay Thompson is I get signs a toaster, but yeah. So what are you gonna do with a forehead? Signature. You can't. You can't wash your head now for like yeah. two days. So I don't know how
2: you know Utah. Did he grab ramen
0: with any civilians? Oh, well, this, well, this. Well, this is a man. question.
2: This is a question for Will. I don't know how this has you know made it into season two uh, of the Raptor Show. Well, Utah's playing well. It really helps. We actually are gonna make a commitment to mention
0: Utah once, uh, once on every program. You know um, as do?
2: long as he's the league leader in
0: three-point percentage. Which, by the way, he continued that league lead with another four threes made. Go Talk. Oh, By the way, here's a fun stat. If Utah makes three threes against the Raptors when they play on Wednesday, Utah Watanabe will have hit as many threes for the Brooklyn Nets as he did all of last season with the Toronto Raptors. What? Yeah. All right. For real? Yes. Yes. He's at 24 threes made right now. Last season oh he made 27 for the Hirely Raptors. surprising.
2: Will, if you had to tattoo Utah's number on your forehead for one week in exchange for a ramen day with him, would you do it? What do you mean
0: tattoo on for one week?
2: So you would show up to the studio, do a week's worth of Raptor show, and Utah's number would be on your forehead. Just one. (laughs) I guess for the entire public to see. So Utah would have to change his number.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a fair deal Okay <laughs> You're definitely not paying attention and just saying no, yes no, to No, no, he's shooting 57% from three this season, Utah is. All right Good for him, man V,
2: man, who's your Utah? <laughs> do, you like from, like, do you need more specifically context? Specifically from the Raptors? No, like, I just mean like, like a player be. or somebody like an athlete That you're like, man, I would love to go for ramen Or other types of food <laughs> with that like, guy
0: who is, is it going to be Djokovic <laughs> for you? I know you're a big Joker fan
1: Oh, yeah I'm a Djokovic fan, but um, I wish I get
0: Roman the three of us. <laughs> but with, uh,
1: he's he's uh, the retired Indian captain Mahendra Mahindra Singh Dhoni. That's who Damn I would grab a meal with. All right. You familiar with his game?
2: I can't say I what am. sport
1: he play? <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 Laugh it off, Alex. <laughs> okay. No, I don't know either, don't <laughs> Laugh it Did off. Did I pronounce his name right? Anyways. Yep. Just want to quickly, you know, if Wong Stradamus Twitter account is listening tracking my predictions, just want to quickly give you guys my World Cup predictions oh yeah come so on because pick-
0: as we know it's, irres- it's 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 irresistible though the world game is on yeah
2: right so obviously the, the the tournament has started so i'm at a bit of an advantage here as i pick the sure. two teams are right. going to make it out of each group okay. uh, in, in group a i've got my squad netherlands uh you know coming out uh, along with senegal mm. right? okay okay name one senegalese player uh, in group b oh, okay. uh, i'm gonna take england over Senegal. and uh usa group c looking at argentina and mexico huh. this is all chalk right now i feel like group d france Ooh, this is tough france and denmark <laughs> hey, Denmark's, yeah. Denmark's decent, man. Okay, I, e. I think
1: Denmark's going to finish first in that group.
2: Okay. Group E, oh. my surprise, Japan. Japan and Spain. Germany mm. doesn't make it. Wow. Oh, yeah. okay. That's right. That's right. Wow. Go talk. Name one Japanese player. Group F. <laughs> this guy's going to say Utah. Belgium <laughs> and Canada. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Nice. Croatia's out. Huh? You know, when you don't put any money on it, you can say anything. Oh, uh, okay. Group G, Brazil and Cameroon. Hmm. okay silence okay uh, silence amongst yeah, the crowd
0: i mean that's that's not
2: decent pick group h portugal
1: korea republic wow Okay, there wow. we go okay and i've got the asian representation is just yeah you're you're really yeah i was sorry. gonna say it
0: has not been a, a good run uh for for asian teams at the world cup not that it ever really is outside of that one year where korea made it yeah to, to, in the final <laughs> four but uh in korea but um yeah um, not not a good run so far for, for yeah. Our I remember Asian that one. A teams. lot of
2: people at school weren't happy when they uh, one of those squads beat Italy. Korea mm. beat Italy, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. 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 Was also, fun. wasn't Turkey in the t- final four as well? Technically, Asia, <sighs>
1: half Asia. Yeah. What was crazy was uh, the guy who scored the winner. Um, he was playing in the Italian league at the time. Oh shoot! And they like immediately cut him.
2: Really? Wow! I guess you have to, though. No, you
1: don't. <laughs> don't be a hater. Okay. Come on,
0: man. As
2: as what? two people who follow soccer and understand the culture around it, uh-huh. that does not surprise me at all.
0: Bro, that'd be like saying if Shea hit a game winner over uh, Team USA in the in the upcoming like basketball World Cup, then the OKC has to cut Shea. Like that, that's that's yeah.
1: ridiculous. That's fine. I mean, okay. hey, if that's what we need to have he would have you to play his right. home country. You're yeah. right.
0: You're right.
2: How how could he not support America? No, soc- soccer is soccer is um. Soccer is soccer's, soccer's a hilarious sport. and um,
0: It's way too serious. Everyone takes I, it way too serious.
2: I'm right. going to wait till the knockout stage to get into it. So you have a pick, though? Come on, man. You yeah, can't I'm be gonna, doing uh, predictions. Let's, on let's, let's go England and Brazil in the final. Wow. And uh, 7-6 Brazil. Yeah, highest scoring game. <laughs> is is in it World in the penalty history. shootouts? Or no, no. Oh, and, okay, uh, wow. In uh, regulation. You got them playing a tie brick. <laughs> <laughs> 7-6. Wow. For... Brazil, you yeah. know what? I would love six to see goals it. for
0: Neymar. Oh, yeah! Wow, yeah, that's, that's what an I all-time got. performance, Just man. Hilarious. That's what I mean. Got. Oh, being defended by, Harry. Yeah. you know, Harry Maguire is a different player when he plays for England. As Harry, compared to- Ma- Harry Maguire, <laughs> Jerry Maguire, <laughs> Grealish. How do you Lukaku know Jack Grealish? How do you know Jack Grealish? Honestly,
2: <laughs> Grealish for far. Um, okay. wow, Lukaku out Wednesday. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yep, Benzema
1: out for the tournament. Oh, we're doing. Uh, and yeah. Belgium updates now.
2: Anyways,
0: <laughs> what's wow, we
1: got to reach <laughs> into your bag, rails. man. What's it's in fast. your bag?
2: Anyways, Friday, the Milwaukee Bucks played in Philadelphia right. and lost 110 to 102. Giannis shot 4 of 15 from the free throw line, mm. and as most players or, you know, some players do after the game wanted to get back on the court, get some more shots up. Yep, and Pretty he was standard. trying. So he went out to the court and he started shooting free throws. And his routine was he wanted to make ten straight. Oh, that's 10, my routine. Yeah, ten. Okay, man. Nobody's ever okay. compared you to the to the Greek freak. You're, you're right. You're right. Um, but but Giannis was trying to make ten straight free throws, and he was on his way there. He was at seven when Montrez Harrell of the Sixers came out. And took the ball from him.
0: <laughs> yeah, he literally <laughs> grabbed the ball and, and walked off the, the, the floor with it. Yeah, he grabbed the ball and actually went to the other
2: side of the court yep. where he had two basketballs and he was shooting jumpers, just warming up and basically letting Giannis know that, you know, this is... Not in my house. This is, yeah, not, not in my house. My, my fifth team in four years, not in my house. Well, he's got many houses, man. Thanasis Kumpo, of right. course, was there and stepped in at midcourt and tried to talk to Harold who responded with some threatening comments and, and simply left with the ball. So this was all, you know, seemed like it was over, but Giannis really wanted to finish his routine. Yep. So he went to courtside, like at center court, and grabbed another ball. Over me. So he grabbed another ball, went back to his side of the court. But at this point, arena workers had put up a large ladder in front of the basket because they were going to take it down. And according to reports, it's because there was another event, I think, either that evening or the following day. So they had to start tearing down the court. Which, again, is also fairly sure. standard stuff. Yeah. And all Giannis wanted to do was just hit three more free throws. So according to him, he said, quote, he asked them, can you please move the ladder? They said no. He asked again. He said, can you guys please move the ladder? They said No. And he said, guys, I have two more free throws. Can you please move the ladder? They said no again. And that's when Giannis went and just moved the ladder himself. Right. And he kind of like this, shoved the yeah, thing. This yeah. was a viral clip that I think a lot of people saw. Yeah. yeah. They probably didn't know the lead up to the story. Wow. The ladder fell. Giannis shot his free throws. I think he bricked like his next three. <laughs> <laughs> right. To be fair, he was an in, porn. Porn. He was in yeah. an elevated <laughs> yeah. state. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, important. He got himself into a real worked up like in-game like, you know, mental state. Uh-huh. And that's it. That's it. And then afterwards, he was asked by reporters and Giannis said, quote, I don't know if I should apologize because I don't feel like I did anything wrong, except the ladder just fell. I feel like it's my right for me to work on my skills after a horrible night at the free throw line. I think anybody in my position that had a night like me would go out and work on his free throws. And if they didn't, they don't really care about their game. Is anybody (laughs) in the wrong here, V? Harold is in the wrong. Okay.
1: (laughs) Just stay out of it. (laughs) Like... He That's, was the instigator in I this mean, situation. it's, it's Montrezl Harrell. Like this is yeah, it's this like, is his reputation. You this know? is one thing that always happens in, in NBA where no one pays enough attention to the instigator, even mm-hmm. like with in-game scenarios. Right, blaming Giannis for this is like blaming Mo Pete when he got ejected. For slapping Vince Carter. Oh,
0: oh man, we're mentioning all the all the trauma, all the Raptor fan <laughs> trauma on today's episode for that no reason. Ones, no. Man.
1: That one might be That one might be referenced on Wednesday. Vince's by the way. return.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, yeah, Harold instigated the whole thing, and there was really no need for him to do it. And you know, it's unfortunate that the clip comes out like that out of context. Yeah, it was so. So we get the huge reaction, but. Come on, man. We've seen enough from Giannis to know that he's a good dude.
2: So you don't you don't give any merit to, to Montrez Harrell being like, yo, we're defending like this is our court. You don't get to warm up here. I think it was actually kind for of funny. more than a
0: year. Oh, <laughs> more yeah. than a month. Um he has been there for 14 games, Alex. Okay. Yeah. 143 minutes played. It's mm. about three Van Vliet games. Mm. Um Yeah, okay. So I, I kind of I actually like this from Montrezl Harrell. Just okay. because you got to think about it from your own perspective. Like, you're an entertainer. You want to endear yourself to the fans, right? He's not playing that much. It's not much of an opportunity for him to say, like, oh, the hey, fans look will at me. It up. You know what I mean? Like, mm. he, you're playing backup center behind Joel Embiid. Like, you know, people aren't going to give you that kind of love. Yeah. But when you do this, it really puts you in the good graces of Philly fans, who we all know can be, you know, pretty petty and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think who's in the wrong here are the arena staff. Like I'm sorry oh. but y- yes, I understand that you have to after the game you, you, everyone comes up and <laughs> no, they, they, mm. even if they don't tear down the whole court, at least what they do is they put the ladder up, they take down the sport view cameras, they turn off a couple of things, right? Mm. Like again, like this happens at Scotiabank Arena after every game. However, if a player comes through and works on their game, which happens fairly regularly, I've seen lots of instances where you they just let it happen. They just do it. They even bring their own ball boys and it's you know what? It's it's working overtime. You know what I mean? Like, the staff and the arena staff is there to help facilitate what the players need to do, right? And obviously, that's not usual standard, right? In, in Toronto, for example, maybe someone wants to go to the practice court instead or, wh- or whatever happens. But ultimately, like, if the NBA players want to continue working on their game, you stay and later to do it. Especially, you don't just put up the, the ladder and then say, like, well, this is, like, you know, I have to t- I have to go home. I got to take down the stuff. Like, I'm I'm sorry. This, this is your job. Hmm. So oh, I think they're actually yeah. more in the wrong, especially if Harold shooting on the other side. Why don't you take it on his rim then? Do you think they sh- the staffers in on it? Probably. They should have just let him shoot his three
2: free exactly. throws. Exactly,
0: and that's the thing too. It's just like if he just says three or free throws, who wouldn't say, yeah, okay, yeah. go ahead. You got to go home that badly?
2: Yeah. Well, I'm just jealous, too, because, like, you know, Ben Simmons is returning to Philly this week, and that's a a big deal. It's a spicy weekend for And the next time Giannis comes back to to Philly, you know, I'm sure, you know, this is going to be a thing that the fans get of. By
1: the way. I'm sure they'll let Ben Simmons shoot as much as he wants. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, they might actually sell tickets to people to see (laughs) Ben Simmons shoot (laughs) warm-up free throws. I'm jealous
2: because, like, Philly Philly. has all these, like, A-list, like, villains, Beefs. beefs, whereas we have Caleb Martin, Goran Dragic, and maybe Malcolm Brogdon, if you're mad, because he said he chose Boston yeah. over Toronto. Like, <laughs> that's a terrible list you're right. you're of right. rivals. like Can we have an A-list? Like, Do we have anyone approaching an A-list rival? I guess Joel Embiid, maybe. I was going to say,
0: here's the thing in, with this incident that's lost in all this. Joel Embiid fully body-checked and threw an elbow into Giannis's ribs on purpose in the middle oh, of that no, game, I- and that was only a flagrant one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he what was, was the- wrestling. I'm... I'm yeah, anyways. He was lucky Giannis is that strong
1: because No, Embiid is the A list villain. I, I agree, yeah. That's actually it. Yeah.
0: But it's a one sided villainy right now. Well, that's not one sided. That's not true. That's not true. We did beat him in twenty nineteen, but that was different.
2: It's been a lot of one sided. I mean, not to bring up LeBron again. Mm. Uh huh. Or even when Paul Pierce had her number, like, you know. Yeah, a couple of years. What, what are you doing right now, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm this, looking at the clock and seeing 90 seconds. Where are you going with this <laughs> I'm seeing, one, man? The show I'm, went I'm, real I'm, dark. I'm seeing my co hosts locked in on US Wales, you know? It's it's yeah. halftime. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have that in soccer? Yeah. <laughs> yes, they have <laughs> halftime <laughs> in soccer. Come on, I know my soccer, no, man. man. Love it.
0: Name five soccer players right now in the World in, Cup.
2: 98 in France was a classic, man. Yeah. Brazil-France final. Mm. Mm. Who was on that Brazilian or, team? When Ronaldo didn't show up,
1: mm, he was sick, right? Yeah. Well, I might just be talking. Right the now. rumor was he had some kind of seizure and like oh, so so it was had like had to deal. like pull his tongue back out. Oh my god. Man. Yeah. No. Wow. What? a What? a Again, just a, just a yeah. strangely
0: dark Monday episode of the Raptor Show. Really? You think so? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. That was all right. We I'll listen to it back. Stuff. I will
2: listen to every episode.
0: All right. Yeah. You, you, you let me know how dark this one was. Blake Murphy
2: Tuesday tomorrow.
0: That's right. TBD be Wednesday, here. but I'll be here. <laughs> <Yes>. Topics TBD. <laughs> I've I have I have
2: Canada is playing at two p.m. Right. We're going to see how on that show Wednesday, goes. On Wednesday, but make sure you tune in to the Raptor show instead as we discuss whether Utah Watanabe should get a tribute
0: video on Wednesday. Right. Uh, okay, so that's us for us today. I'm your host, Will. You've been listening to the Raptor show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Thanks again to our producer and co-host, Alex Wong, Vivek Jacob, our board producer, Derek Brendale, Frank, for helping us with the YouTube stream. We'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.